across this letter in a book I'm reading. I want to read it to you today. I feel like the, there's a spirit. I didn't know which direction the Lord I was studying, meditating last night on this. The Lord gave this to me, and I, I didn't know what direction he was going to take it in, but I, I feel like I feel, I feel a direction in my spirit today. I want you to listen to this. It's called My Fairy Tale Life by a woman named Emily. doesn't give her last name. If you had asked me what I was thankful for, I would have said that I'm thankful for my family, my home, my job, and for God. For a husband who loves and cares for me for four children, ages 14, 11, 9, and 5, who are healthy and happy. For a home I never dreamed I could have. For a career that allows me to work from home, use my brain, make a difference for my company and my clients. And for a God that has provided me those things, regardless of my worthiness. But one day, completely out of the blue, my husband left me and my four children for someone else. My heart died within me. This couldn't be happening. My Christian husband, the one who with me sat down with our kids and explained that while divorce does happen, it would never happen to us. We made a covenant, a promise to God, to each other. No matter what, we will always be here for each other and for them. I sobbed. I begged him not to go. That he would figure this out. No, he was leaving. I asked, what was he going to tell the kids? He said he didn't know. I told him, you can't just leave without telling the kids something. Surely that would hit him. He wouldn't be able to look at those precious children and tell them that he was leaving. But he did. He called them back downstairs from bed and told them he was leaving. They didn't understand. Is it for work? When will you be back? No, kids. I'm moving out, not coming back. He left. We were crushed. My heart is still crushed. God, is this really your plan? How could this be your plan? I know that you will heal my heart. I know that something good will come from this. But how and why this? I can feel people praying, but what is going to become of this? What's going to become of us? I've never been so angry. Our poor children suffer terribly. Their father's wants coming before their needs. I still love my kids, he says. Really? How can you love them and cause them so much pain? But now God is beginning to heal me in a way I'm not sure I want to be healed. I want to see justice, but it's not mine to inflict. I'm beginning to pray for him, not about him. I'm beginning to pray for his heart to be healed, for him to come back, not to me, but back to God. I need to move on without him for now and maybe forever, but I have to forgive him to get through the bitterness. I will not be bitter for the rest of my life, but how am I going to make it? God says pray, so I do. I love my family, and I will always love the man I married. I'm praying for a miracle, for him to snap out of it, find his way back home.
but I'm moving forward without them. I'm planning to try to continue my life with everything that needs to be done from a practical, spiritual, emotional, and financial perspective. I'm going to pray for him on a regular basis. I'm going to love him, but I will not be a doormat. I'm going to support my family. I'm going to seek God's plan for our life. I'm going to forgive him, but I won't forget. Because if I forget, I won't be able to use what I've learned to help others who may go through this same nightmare. I need to feel the pain. Allow God to heal that pain and transform me into someone that he has intended for me to be all along. Somehow I feel excited. It feels wrong in so many ways to be excited and going through this nightmare. However, today, my situation's gotten worse. But yet, I feel truly blessed. My husband's still gone, still with his girlfriend. He's told me that they'll be a part of the kid's life, and I have to get used to that and not hate her. He told me that if she's my enemy, then I was his enemy. My kids are still dealing with the impact that their dad left. They're depressed, angry, confused, frustrated. My oldest has started questioning his faith. He is rebelling against all authority, lashing out against his family. My house is up for sale, a short sale, which probably is going to turn into a foreclosure, and we have no idea where we'll move more than likely ending up homeless. And yet, in the midst of all this, I've come to know God on a different level. To see Him work in a way I've only heard about, to experience this is quite amazing. I've never had a big tragedy in my life. Never really had to depend on God. I mean, sure, I prayed. I saw God work, but not like this. I never had the need to rely on God Truly just fall and rest on Him. When I needed God's comfort, the image I had in my head was me clinging to Jesus and hugging Him. But now my image is completely changed. The image I see now is of me just completely collapsed and Him carrying me. And it is awesome. In the midst of this horrible situation, this nightmare, where my whole identity and where my family has been attacked, I see a glimpse of what God is doing and how my life and our lives will be changed, and I get excited to see who I get to be in the end of all this. Like being in a race where it starts to rain and you hit a mud pit. You can't go around it. you got to go through it. And the rain and the mud are weighing you down. You can't go through it fast, step by step, moment by moment. And you must concentrate on each painful step. But at the same time, something is keeping you upright, compelling you to continue. And off in the distance, you see what appears to be a sheet of rain. And then you see it. The sun. It is perfectly clear. The person you will be there will be stronger. With more understanding how to run this race with the satisfaction and peace that God's promised. Yet that person is tired, but they're also energized by the experience. I can't wait to use what God has taught me. I can't wait to learn more. I've explained it to my children like this. In fairy tales, there's always a tragedy. And the protagonist faces that adversity and overcomes it and thrives because of it. I'm so thankful today that God 
is giving me my fairy tale. We could sit here today and we could compare notes. And we could tell our war stories. And we could compare who has it worse. And you could say, well, I'm going through this. Well, you know, I'm going through that. But you know, to each one of us, no matter the comparison of my trials to your trials, it's still my trial. A lot of times we dismiss what we're going through because we say, well, they've got it worse. But ultimately today, every person in this room is going through something. And there's this sort of internal need of humanity to try to come up with an explanation of the why to pain and suffering. There's this sort of need in all of us to, to, to try to find the reason for why our life may be turning out a certain way or why we have to go through a certain way or why did this happen to me and why did that happen to me. And so in our attempt to try to explain to that, we sort of begin to, to wrestle with God and wrestle with our own identity and wrestle with this with this whole understanding of what really is taking place here. Because in our current 2019 mentality, in the world that we live in, in the United States of America, there is no room for pain and suffering in our life. I read recently that there's anthropologists that have done studies of Cultures of fifty and of, of a thousand and fifteen hundred years ago, and ultimately, most of us we can't even compute and understand what our ancestors went through, and the fact that in Europe, a thousand years ago, approximately one in every five infants died at birth. And only half of your children would have survived to the age of 10. Most families buried half or more of their children before ever entering their 12th birthday. So that's not to say to compare, but my point is, is that we sort of get this idea that we, 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 we're supposed to have this picture-perfect Existence, and that somehow God is going to give us that picture perfect existence, but really, in the end, God's giving us a fairy tale. But you see, like every fairy tale, we only see the last part the princess kissing the prince, Cinderella slipping on the shoe, but we quickly forget that Cinderella lived with a stepmother and two stepsisters. That she lived day upon day doing chores that she was lived and punished for, for doing nothing wrong. But it was those moments of that life that made her into the princess she would become. You see, the thing about it is today, that just like this lady that I read that was going through this, and some of you probably could relate to that story, 
pretty close to what she was experiencing, the emotions she was experiencing. To understand that the fact of the matter is, is that, is that fair? No. Is, is, do, do we want that? No. I mean, think about that. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's insane to think of that. And some of you have experienced that in your life. And some of you had a, a parent that did that to you. And so you can relate to those feelings of those children. You can relate to all that. And it's easy to sit back and to figure out how in the world do I deal with all of this? And the why me? And then the devil comes along and he slips on your shoulder and he begins to say, you know what? If God really loved you, he wouldn't allow this to happen. And really, if God loved you, this would happen. And, and, and really, if you were more if you were actually worth something this wouldn't have happened and the fact that because this happened proves that you're not anything you're no good and all of a sudden now our whole identity is wrapped up in that and we begin to question our uh, who we are we begin to question does God even love me and all that's taking place but in all of that what we can't see and what God's trying to see is that everything that we're going through he is using to shape us until what he has called us to be I don't say that today. You can walk out of here and go, yes, my life stinks and it's great. That's between you and the Lord to figure out. But what I'm here today is, is that those of you that have come in here today and you are carrying the burden of life, you're carrying the brokenness of life, that some of you are walking this journey right now and the feelings and the emotions of it are raw and the pain is real and the pain is raw and some days you wake up and you just hope, I hope to God I make it back to this bed tonight in one piece. And when you lay down on your bed at night, you hope maybe tomorrow morning I won't even wake up and you feel those emotions but I'm telling you today there is a God of hope in this room today and the strength and the grace that is necessary to carry you is in this place yes it hurts I can't even sit here today to say I understand because I don't understand because some of you, I haven't walked your shoes and I wouldn't even dare try to relate to what you're going through. And so I can't talk to you today as Joel Wright the human. Joel Wright the human is not standing here today, but I can feel the love and the tenderness of a heavenly father that's resting on my heart and the burden that's flowing through me right now. It's not me talking because you know what? It's nothing I can say today that will give you the the grace and strength to keep moving. But there is a God that's in this place that the moment we begin to sing, the moment we opened up our mouth and we begin to sing, there was something that stepped in this place. And God knows every single person in this room today. I can feel such a tenderness and such a pull of the Spirit of God. It's a holiday. I get it. It's Labor Day. It's cookout day. It's let's get through this day. But you know what? We look around. Where is everybody? Where are they not here today? But you know what? There was a lot of times Jesus sent away the crowd because he wanted to make sure he could get down to the needs of that person. And I'm telling you today, it was not by accident that you were here today. I don't care if you come here every Sunday. This Sunday was a divine appointment by the Holy Ghost because God looks right down where you are and he sees it and there is a mountain of grace and a mountain of mercy that's in this place that is going to empower you in the Holy Ghost 
Well, I can feel the Holy Ghost. Can we just stop right now? I'm telling you. And you just close your eyes on us. Let's just pray for a moment. I'm not giving you a sermon today. I'm not giving you a teaching. I feel the ministry of the Holy Ghost in this place. I'm not going to try to give you a, a bunch of this and a bunch of that because this is a Holy Ghost divine moment. tell you what, what I feel like is in the Holy Ghost. There's some of you, and I'm not saying this is everybody, so don't, if the shoe don't fit, don't put it on. But I feel this the Holy Ghost for somebody. I don't know if it's just one or feel, but some of you, every time you get to this point, there's a block. Every time you get to this point, you feel a block. And I'm going to tell you in the Holy Ghost, the Lord just put this in my spirit. You have yet to truly forgive. And here's one of the blocks that we have with forgiveness. We think forgiveness has to be emotional. And it's amazing. And watch, we forgive, but because we don't feel emotion behind it, we end up picking back up the unforgiveness. Because we, 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 we forgive, and then we don't feel the release and the emotion of it. So we think, well, it didn't work, so I guess I just got to keep working through it. But really, it's not an emotion, it's a choice. Now, I'm walking in the Holy Ghost today. This is not Joel Wright talking, so I know some of you. Well, you haven't, you don't know what I've been through. You're right, I don't know, so, but it's not me talking. I don't have a, literally, I will pull my iPad down. You can go through my notes, if you believe me, because there is no notes. So I say all that because the Holy Ghost is in this place. Don't get caught up on the messenger and dismiss the message. You're right. I've not been through what you've been through. I'm not going through what you're going through. But he knows. He understands. I know the difficulty from a human aspect to be able to truly say, by your help and grace, I forgive and release and really fully mean that. You know you need to do it. You know you're supposed to do it, but you don't know if you can do it. But His grace is sufficient. You're right. Let's just say, you're right. You can't forgive. You're right. You can't forgive. 
You're right. As, the, as that lady we read the letter of, Emily, you want justice. An eye for eye, tooth for a tooth. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But you know what? His grace is sufficient. I'm telling you, I, I, I wish I'm trying to put the words together and the Holy Ghost is not giving it to me, so I guess he doesn't want me to put it together because he wants you to feel it more in your spirit than in your mind. But there is just something in this place today. And I don't know who it's for, but I have been in moments like this more times than I can remember. And in these moments, life-altering, life-changing things happen. And I tell you, I feel it in this place today. I was on the way here, God had given me this, and I had another direction. I thought I was going to go with it. And when I got here, and I'm kind of going back and forth, and I'm just kind of meditating, Lord, what do you want to do with this? And he didn't give me anything. So I said, well, we're just going to see where the Lord takes us. And the moment that we started singing that song, we didn't have prayer today. It, we, you know, people were, we were kind of dragging in. We're tired. It's holidays. Everyone's sort of distracted. So we didn't have prayer today. And we started off, and we started singing. And all of a sudden, within the first five minutes, I felt something step in this room and I've done this long enough now I recognize what it was and I knew when it walked in this room I could feel what was here and I knew I said okay God I know what you're going to do and I'm telling you I'm not saying this as an emotional thing I'm not saying this so you go ooh that's cool it's spooky I'm telling you what I know in the Holy Ghost I can take you to time after time where I felt this same exact thing and every time somebody or somebody's in that place had a divine appointment with Almighty God that left them forever changed. And I'm telling the Holy Ghost, I feel the same thing in this room. I remember, I've told this story before, it was about, uh, it was, oh good Lord, it was, it was 10, 4, 12, 14 years ago. Well, a couple of us uh, went, to, um, went to Hawaii, brother and sister Bailey, uh, Bailey's church in Hawaii when they were there and, and the Sunday morning that um, we split up and, and brother and sister Bailey went to uh, one daughter work and we went to another and, 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 and I, we were, I was ministering and, and this same feeling, I, can, I know, I just recognize it, it's familiar to me, this same thing was in the room and, and I'm ministering and there was a guy who standing, he was sitting right there, big Samoan guy, I mean I, I've said this before, I mean he could snap you with like a toothpick, just a big huge island guy straight out of Moana I mean like straight <laughs> big guy and so this same thing and I'm ministering and I could feel the Holy Ghost just I mean the Holy Ghost was in there and all of a sudden sort of right in the middle of that he just gets up and just kind of storms to the back and I thought that's it I know it I've said something and, and you know as I know not every preacher feels this way, but you kind of get nervous. You're like, I've, I've totally offended that guy. What have I done? And so you're half following the Holy Ghost and half distracted, and half the other third is trying to figure out how do I get out of here without him killing me because I know as soon as I'm done, he's... I wish I was joking, but that is exactly what's going on. So after it was done, I, I, I hadn't done it to that point. The Lord gave this to me, and he's given it to me a couple of the times. But that day, particularly, the Lord gave this to me, and 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 I I said this this was mostly that was at the uh, the, the community center. What was that place called? 
What? Hawaiian homes. Little Aloha, Hawaiian homes. And they were probably, what's the percentage of that group that was Native Hawaiians? It was like 90%, right? So like 90% were Native Hawaiians. And so they're in this room, and, 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 and I'm, the, the Lord, I'm just ministering along, and, and the same feeling. I mean, I'm telling you, it's so tangible to me. I, I can't explain it to you, but I can, it's just so tangible to me, the same feeling. And, and, and at the end, I said, okay, who's in this place today that, that you believe the Lord is touching you, and you're going to f- experience a healing? I'm not joking. I don't know how many people were there that day. It was a decent little group. They all came down front. And I thought, well, at that, up to that time, Brother Jerry, in those situations, I usually prayed for everybody. Well, I looked at myself, and I looked at them, and I thought, I am way outnumbered. There was no way. So I'm kind of like praying under my, praying under my tongue going, okay, Lord, I, I can't pray for all these people. What do you want to do? And the Lord gave this to me. And I've used it a couple other times. The Lord's given it to me again. I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, everybody, you're going to take all that stuff that you're bringing up here, and I want you to put some helium in it. And I want you to make it into a big balloon. I don't want you to tie that balloon up, and I want you to grab a hold of that string like you're holding on to a balloon, and I want you to hold that. And I said, in just a few minutes, we're going to pray, and I'm going to sp- and we're going to speak healing in this place. We're going to speak forgiveness in this place. We're going to speak the power of God in this place. And when you begin to feel God touching your heart, I want you just to let go of that thing, and I want you to lift your hands up, and I want you to see all that lifting. And when you do that, you're going to begin to feel this rush. And so they all did it. I mean, they were very obedient. They did all that. I mean, getting some, you know, adults to do that kind of stuff. I mean, come on, we're not. We're way too sophisticated for this. But I love the fact Jesus said, become as little children. So they all got their balloons, and we began to pray. And man, after a few minutes of praying, it was one hand went up, next hand went up, next hand went up. And all of a sudden, man, God just went in that room. And the great thing, I didn't have to pray for anybody. It was awesome. And so at the end of that, I saw he was still standing back there, and I thought, well, he hasn't killed me yet, so let's go see. And I walked back there, and I... And this moment when I got back there halfway through, I could feel the Holy Ghost kind of resting. I knew, I knew, I was like, okay, I, I don't know if the Lord's given me grace and courage to face my death, but I feel like I can do this. So I got back to him, and he was back there, and his eyes were sort of red. He would, you could sort of tears in him, and you know, he had that, he was, he was, uh, he was crying and, and, and kind of, kind of hold back emotion, and, and he was just kind of pacing, and, and he, he looked like he was amped up a little bit, and, I said, listen, man, I, I don't know what's going on. But I said, I feel like God's trying to do something you're resisting. And I said, I don't know what you've been through. But I said, there's something God's trying to get you to do. And so we're standing, we're standing in the back and we're facing so the, 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 the auditorium, the, the, the platform and the people were still up there praying. And I was facing, I was standing here, and he was facing me, and then there was a wall, and there was windows behind that wall, and so that was sort of the picture. And I'm standing there, and, and, and I'm just following the Holy Ghost, and I said to him, I said, you know what God wants to do you today? I said, God wants to take all of this, and he wants to bury it 
right out there, just like that cemetery. And there was a cemetery you could see, I don't know, a couple hundred yards off in the distance. And the moment I said that, it was like I took my fist and punched him in the stomach. Because the moment I said that, he just went, oh. And by that time, Brother Sean Whaley had come up. He was with me, and he had come up next to me. And all of a sudden, we started praying for him. And we just got, I mean, he just started just heaving, heaving. It was one of those times where he kept praying, and, and, and I felt the release, and I left, and he was still back there praying. And after a few minutes, Brother Bailey's dad came up to me, and his eyes were like this big. He said, do you know what just happened? I was like, yes, I didn't die. <laughs> I still was thinking that. He goes, no, 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 seriously, do you know what happened? I said, I have no idea. He goes, you don't realize what just took place with that. I said, I don't, but I'd I'd like to know. That'd be kind of cool. He said, this guy grew up, I don't think he grew up in the neighborhood. He grew around there. He was to go there and visit, correct? Y'all knew what I'm talking about, right? Okay, good. They know I'm not making this up. Sometimes you wonder, do preachers make stuff up? I got, I got witnesses to verify. Brother Whaley's here. He, if he was here, he could verify. He was there. I'm not making this up. He lived in an area, but he had an uncle that lived in that. It was a Hawaiian Homes was this neighborhood, and then we were using the community center. And so he had an uncle that lived in a neighborhood. And so he would visit an uncle. I don't know if it was on weekends or whatever, or whenever he would visit this uncle. And he visited an uncle, and his uncle abused him over and over and over again. I don't know how long it happened, but it happened for quite a while, and he had been living with that. You would have never known that. I'm sure they knew it because they were his pastors, but you would have never known it. Never known it. Big, I mean, this guy was a Samoan, like, island god. He was huge. He's just big, strong guy. Never known it. You'd be around him. I mean, he was like the, He was a big, gentle giant, friendliest guy. You would never know the amount of pain and stuff that he was carrying down on the inside. And what was crazy, and God knew, is when I pointed out and I said, and God wants to take all that stuff, and he wants to bury it right out there. The moment I said that and hit him, the reason why is because his uncle had died, and his uncle was buried in that cemetery. I didn't know that. I didn't walk out there and go, what was his name again? What's your last name? Let me go out there real quick. Headstone. Okay, no, that's not you. That's not you. I wonder if you're related. I didn't know all that. I didn't do a detective work pre-gathering and said, hmm, let's see if we can figure out. God knew that. And in that moment, the Holy Ghost had a divine appointment for that day. It wasn't his first day there. How many, how long has he, had he been? And this guy was a staple of the church. He wasn't just a, he, would, he was doing everything. Helping with worship, doing all this guy was, how long had he been in church? Years, right? At least. How many times he had been to a gathering? How many times had he had been to a prayer meeting? How many of those moments had he been to? Why then? I don't know. Why now? I don't know. I don't know why that day. I can't tell you why today. Because sometimes they go, well, I've lived with this since I was a child. Why today? I don't know. But God says today. 
I don't know why. I mean, at the time, he was like, what, late 30s? Oh, we'll see. I don't know. That would be my guess, you think? Somewhere like that? So you've been living this with decades. Decades. Why that day? Why, why John, was it that day when Brother Morgan was here four years ago, five years ago, whatever it was, you'd live with this for 40 years, whatever all that stuff you'd live with? For 40 years, he told his testimony on Antioch Virtual. Why that day, after all those days, did God choose that Sunday? And I still remember sitting on that platform and watching you walk down, and he had that table. He was teaching, he was preaching that message about coming out of the identity. And I remember you walking down, and you got right to the between the two aisles, and you did. And God, why that day? I don't know. Was that the first time you prayed about it? No. Was that the first day you've been in church? No. You'd been in church for 30 years. Why that day? I don't know. And my brain, my natural brain's going, why today? I mean, the carnal natural side of me, and I have to say this, I'm a carnal natural man. My natural side saying, it's holidays, it's Labor Day. My wife and I are in the middle of moving and packing up. Let's get this thing moving, Jesus. But the spirit man in this place feels something moving in here. And I don't know who you are. And I am believing and I, I feel in my spirit that this is not just for someone that's new here. If you're new here, this is for you too. I'm not dismissing that. But I believe there is somebody in this place that you have been here years and years and years. And Jesus says, today. I don't know why. I don't know why today. But I'm telling you, Jesus says, today. There's something or there's a peace. Let me put it that way, because I, I, I can't say what the Lord's like give me. That there's a peace of your healing that's in here today. I don't know if it's the whole healing or just another step, but I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, there's a peace of your healing. Sometimes healing does not come in complete package. Sometimes it comes in pieces. And I'm telling the Holy Ghost, today, for someone in this room, there is a piece of your healing. I don't know if it's the first piece, the middle piece, or the last piece. I don't know. That's between you and Jesus to figure out which piece it is. But I'm telling the Holy Ghost, there is somebody here today that there is a divine appointment for the next piece of your healing process to be. And I know in my spirit, this is not somebody, this is the first time you've heard this. This is not, this is somebody, this is not the first time you've been in this atmosphere before and you have dismissed it and said, well, not today. I don't know. It can't be today. It's got to be somebody else. I've already been through this before and it's just not my time. I'm telling you the Holy Ghost, somebody in this place, if you would hear the voice of God and not the voice of a man and you would just block out your stinking intellect and doubt for about five seconds and feel with your spirit, I believe God would give witness to what I'm saying. Man, I cannot get, this is, 
it's so heavy on me. But I feel like I am wrestling with somebody in here today because you are, I'm wrestling with your intellect when I should be tapping into your spirit. But I feel in my, my heart right now, that's why I feel like you just keep repeating yourself. I'm not repeating myself. I'm wrestling with somebody's intellect because everything I say, you come up with an excuse and you dismiss it and you say, can't be that. Well, can't be that. Nope. I've tried it before. Nope, 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 nope. In the name of Jesus, I bind that doubt. Boy, I can, I can feel it. I'm telling you, I know I may be off in cuckoo world for some of you. That's okay. Give me a bowl of Cocoa Puffs. It's not a big deal. It's not the first or the last time I'm going to be cuckoo. I'm telling you, somebody in the Holy Ghost, I'm wrestling with your intellect. And if you would just put your brain away for about five seconds and say, okay, I know it may sound crazy, and I don't know why today, but God, if this is you talking, let me get a, let me get a confirmation in my spirit. I know in the Holy Ghost you're going to begin to feel a spark of faith going, I believe it. I'll believe it. I'll believe it because I'm telling the Holy Ghost, the moment we opened up and started singing, God said, today. Today. And I'm thinking, okay. I'm, I'm just giving transparent. I'm just, just, I don't, and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, well, I know we got, we're going to do this today and we're going to do that. And he said, no, 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 now. Now. And I'm like, Lord, but not everybody's here yet. There's still people late. It's holiday. He said, no, now. I said, 10.15, now, I'm telling you, that's where we are right in this moment. God has got somebody in this place. And I'm begging you, don't let your brain steal your miracle. Don't let your brain. I need somebody who would pray with me right now because we're not praying for just God, but we're praying because there's somebody that is wrestling in their spirit. But I'm telling you today that God is going to do a divine appointment. So he said, well, I'm not ready. I'm not asking you what you feel in your, in your mind. I'm asking you, what does your spirit say? I don't know if I can do this today. I didn't ask yet. I'm saying, what does your spirit say? But I don't know what, I don't know what, I didn't ask any of that. I'm not asking you to figure this out. I'm just asking, what do you feel in your spirit? Can you feel the tug of the Holy Ghost? Can you feel the spark of faith? Can you feel the Holy Ghost saying, give me a chance. Let me do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. If you feel that, then your answer should be, here I am, Jesus. Hello, Maria, and I'm a